Good morning, church. We are honored as we celebrate uh, our ministry of World Radio over the last 60 years. And we want to uh, have, before we do anything, have a prayer, a blessing, and most of all, give God the glory, right? Because it's not about anything we've done. Because, uh, Al, most of the stuff you and I planned, I mean, I hate to say it, brother, but, you know... Well, you know, God still blesses us in failure, right? Praise the Lord for that. Because <laughs> I had exactly a lot of right. ideas that never panned out. Me too. So it's all to God's glory. Uh, but uh, one consistent thing that's always been here at this church and with our elders is getting the Great Commission accomplished in the spirit of the greatest command. And so that's what this is about. So I will want to ask our world radio speakers that are here from out of the country to come up. If you guys would come on stage with us, and all the elders, please come on up. Come on up. We want to have a special prayer. Come up, guys. Come right on up here in the middle. Come on. That's past speakers too, Larry West. Get up here. Come on, Larry. Come on. Come on, right here in the middle, brothers. Come over here, guys. Come on, you guys are up front all the time, everywhere else you go, but not tonight, today you're being shy. Well, let me uh, share with you a, a few of these. We have we, Here we have Charles Chariot from uh, Kenya. We have, yeah, that's good. George Akpabli uh, from Benin. French-speaking Africa. Uh, we have uh, Prudencio uh, uh, from the Dominican Republic. Uh, by the way, just to mention, Prudencio is uh, the one also that has been a uh, not only a world radio speaker, but he's been uh, this particular church's missionary uh, since 1976, I believe, that we've uh, supported Prudencio, and he has planted 18 churches in the Dominican Republic. Glad to have you home, brother. Uh, let's see, Ricardo, uh, uh, Ricardo Martinez from uh, Colombia. Larry Zink from Brazil. And Larry, by the way, uh, Larry, you look too young for this, but that, that you're, retire, you're retiring, right? Is that correct? He has moved back uh, from Brazil to the States. Larry has been uh, there in Brazil 43 years. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, Edmund Borfe, where's Edmund? And his wife are back there somewhere. Edmund, and Edmund's in Liberia. Uh, thank you, Edmund. It's Stabin. Stabin from Nicaragua. Uh, let's see if I missed anybody. Is Mark Robbins up here? Where's Mark at? Mark, where are you at, Mark? Get up here. Our relief guy, he's shy. He's the first, he's the first guy from Florida I ever met that was shy, but, uh, come on up. Mark has been with us so much on so many relief efforts and getting hope out there to the world. Uh, and uh, I know that Joe Gower is here somewhere. Are, uh, are you up here, Joe, or are you down there somewhere? Where are you at? 
There she is, standing up right there. Joe, thank you. Joe served 35 uh, years in ministry here with World Radio. Thank you, Joe, so much for your service. We, we love you, sister. Okay, uh, and uh, look, by the way, if you've ever, because uh, we've had some other folks, Sean Tonis, Chad Johnson, you guys have put together crews when there's been disasters and, and been on the field. If you've ever worked in one of our mission, uh, been on a mission trip or worked in one of our relief efforts at all, including Relief even in our own town because we had the hurricane hit uh, here and had to do that here. And would you stand, please, if you've been a part of that, on any of our short-term mission trips or any of that? There you go. There we go. Awesome. Thank you. That is great. Thank you so much. And our own staff, guys, come on up. Derek, uh, Kyle, Beverly, come, you guys come on up here, too. Uh, we're going to ask Robert Abels uh, to say a blessing, a prayer uh, over this group and their continued ministry. You know, it's carry it on, uh, uh, carrying on the torch of what was started, that legacies, we honor people in the past, but we have to carry on the torch for the future, right? And with the good news of Jesus. And Robert, would you pray for us, brother? Father God, we are humbled. Uh, by this time, and um, because we realize that this is all your work and that you have uh, chosen um, people that didn't seem qualified to be able to carry this on. And uh, we look back at your word and we see you did that all along. And uh, we thank you that you um, that you trusted us to this. Father, we um, feel unworthy, but we are thankful that you have counted each one of us up here and, and in the audience and all that have uh, watched on live stream, just, just the community of believers that has pitched in on this and has helped make this possible. Thank you for the men of vision uh, that, that started this long ago and that passed that, that torch on to the rest of us. And, Father, we pray for those that are growing up here that they will continue to be people of vision uh, for the world for our community, uh, for this congregation, for all the places that you bless and call. Um, God, we, you have just um, moved so much throughout the world in this last year alone that we've looked at and saw and marveled. Thank you for revival. Thank you for calling your people from every corner of the world. Um, and just, God, we just praise you for that. And we pray there are more. We pray that there are many more that don't know you yet, that will. Uh, and, and, Father, bless these men that are up here from other parts of the world to be able to carry that torch on, to preach truth over the radio, um, in person, uh, feet under the table, eyeball to eyeball, however you call them. We pray, God, that they'll do that. Thank you so much for your love and for your care for us and salvation that you have offered us all freely through the blood of Jesus. In his name I pray and thank you. Amen. Thank you, guys. Also, a couple of the folks, uh, we, of course, invited more to be here than could be here. Uh, Visas couldn't come through, that kind of thing. Uh, Thomas in Zambia, but you know uh, uh, that work. Uh, 
uh, I know that Richard, I saw Richard Myers come in. I'm not sure where. Richard, where are you sitting at? There, Richard. Thank you, Richard, for discipling Thomas and uh, joining the work at that. We, we are proud to partner, and I'll tell you, he's done so much for that, uh, uh, for that country and uh, for all foreign missions around. And so, brother, we appreciate it so very, very much. Uh, and it seems like, oh, I thought there was one other thing. You know, one of our longtime staff members uh, that was uh, World Radio in the early days was Rita Powell. And uh, while Rita uh, and Tommy uh, can't get out anymore, I wanted to say something about them. And uh, this, we, uh, I think yesterday or the day before, was their 70th anniversary to Tommy and Rita Powell. So what a great, great blessing. It's great to be together. Al uh, mentioned he's been uh, traveling quite a bit. And uh, I was thinking out that the very thing that uh, kind of uh, started this whole thing off were guys like uh, Alton and Bill who were dreaming about how to get the gospel to the world. And, of course, uh, that was includes teaching individuals, too, and so one of those early converts uh, was Phil Robertson, and I don't know if you've had a chance to see the movie uh, The Blind, uh, but uh, that uh, hit Phil's impact as continues around the world. I mean, that's the whole idea of any ministry we do, uh, and is to get the gospel out, and that happened through a Bible study one time. Uh, from this area out, to, out, how's that going? By the way, you've been hitting the road on that. I've been, uh, I've been like Johnny Cash. I've been everywhere, man. Uh, <laughs> we've been uh, literally crisscrossing the country. Uh, we've been kind of popping in and surprising audiences around the country, uh, different family members, uh, for a fun experience for them. But it's really been interesting just to watch the enthusiasm of the notes that I'm getting back from people around the country about lives being changed. Last night, um, a woman told us that her marriage, which was already in the process of divorce, uh, has now been reversed because they went and saw this movie. And so, yeah, praise God. In in North Carolina, a guy that came here, actually, uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic on his birthday, uh, now he has a new birthday on his birthday, and uh, he has been so moved and motivated by Christ that he rented out a place on campus uh, near where he is in North Carolina, invited 350 college students to come and see the movie for free, set up a baptistry outside, and 20 people uh, were baptized that night after the That's movie. Awesome. That's so great. These are, uh, these are what we've been praying about. Uh, I don't know about numbers and all that stuff, but I know it's impacting people, which is why the movie was made. Um, it's, it's something interesting for those of you that saw it. Uh, you know, the, I guess the pinnacle scene probably in the movie is when Dad is baptized, which uh, is a little different. Uh, movies have to take things and compile them together. So that, bapt- that baptism actually happened here uh, over in the Fellowship Center. All those years ago, but in the movie, it's of course in a, in a lake out back, a lot prettier, you know, cinematography and all this. But in this scene, uh, where the actor who's playing Bill Smith is baptizing the actor playing Dad, and so you know, we wanted to have a personal touch in the movie, and so when you watch that baptism scene, uh, it's going to cut in tight on the hands that are baptizing Dad, and those are actually Dad's hands. 
that are baptizing the actor that's playing dad. And so you would never know that, of course, if I didn't tell you. But just to know, that's the new birth for all of us and the opportunity. And so because Bill Smith was prompted by my Aunt Jan to go to a bar to talk to this crazy guy, many people, including many of you in this audience today, have found your way to Christ. So praise God for all the ways that he does work. Thank you. You know, at uh, uh, the particular ministry of World Radio was born out of a of a fishing trip with uh, Bill Smith and Alton Howard and Leon Telford, and they were dreaming of ways to reach the world and thought, you know, everybody has a radio. If we could just get the gospel to every man in his own language, wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? And so that, that same spirit of wanting to see, and that's what I loved about Bill, uh, it was just as exciting for him to baptize one person here as it was to to see thousands baptized uh, overseas somewhere. And so just that consistent vision of getting the good news out. And those guys started dreaming, and, and now we are carrying on that uh, good uh, good news of the gospel and partnering with people all around the world. And so uh, you see the, the torch up here and the words carry on behind us. Uh, I thought about that when I saw the Torch, uh, Al, do you remember when we uh, were sitting with Alton and he was actually on his deathbed just a day or two before he died? Remember that conversation? Yeah, it was a Sunday morning, and uh, he called us out. I guess he knew instinctively um, that he was nearing the finish line. And so he wanted Mike and I to come out, and we knelt down next to his bed, and he told us, he said, keep the fire burning. What great last words to us. And the blessings we've gotten to do just by keeping the fire burning. And so that same fire and that stoke that was given to us as we celebrate 60 years of what God has done, I told Mike, I said, I can't wait. Maybe from heaven we'll get a view of 60 years from now. Because we expect a 120-year reunion to be even more amazing than the 60 because of ways that are going to be invented by our, those kids you saw standing on stage of how to get the gospel out to more people. It doesn't end here. It just begins yeah. into the next generation. Yeah, and God gets the glory and we get the encouragement, right? That's how, that's how it's designed uh, to be. And look, this ministry has gone through some, uh, our church uh, has gone through some tough times uh, over the years. And I can remember, uh, even though I was just a young student here, I got hooked in pretty quick with World Radio and uh, uh, had been out with uh, uh, Hal and Jeanette, who, by the way, Jeanette just passed away this last week. Uh, but um, uh, I remember going out to a, to a camp with them and for a chili supper, doing some things with World Radio. Uh, and I remember the time uh, when the airplane crash took place. And how Fraser, uh, our director, uh, was killed. Uh, and a, a big, huge group over at uh, his house, which is right across from Transformations, uh, his old house there, and gathered all. I was so crowded you couldn't hardly get everybody in that living room and praying. And, and yet, uh, yet the gospel continues on, right? Uh, so we never know exactly how God's going to use us and what's going to happen. But the gospel keeps carrying on. And so I appreciate their vision, their sacrifice. Every uh, leader, every servant, every ministry assistant, everybody brings talents and abilities 
and th- those are great and are to be used. That's the way God designed the body. But more importantly is that the gospel is the power behind everything working uh, to get people uh, uh, right, with the, right with the good Lord. So where we are in our study in the book of Luke is perfect for what we're talking about today. Uh, because we're in Luke 9 and also in Luke 10, there's this great blessing of the idea about sending people out. And so Jesus wanted to accomplish that even while he was here on this earth. So in, in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, as well as in 10, 1 through 23, he's going to send out first the 12 and then later 72 for them to experience what we would call in the modern vernacular short-term missions. That's what they were doing. They were going out to prep the communities that he would be traveling through by already talking about the kingdom of God. And so here's what Luke chapter 9 verse 1 says. When Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority. He did. To drive out demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Because Jesus was always concerned about the physical needs of people as well. In Luke chapter 10 verse 1 it says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place that he was about to go. And so you see that right off the bat, we understand that right up until the current day, we understand that Jesus has this idea that we're never to be comfortable just where we are, but we always want to send people out to impact the world. And look, we do it by his power and his authority. It's his message about the kingdom, and it's his plan. And he said the best way to do that is two by two. Now, I learned the hard way because I'm a Robertson. So many times we have to learn the hard way uh, to, to do it exactly the way Jesus said. At one time, Mike, I went by myself on a mystery. I couldn't get anybody at that time to go with me. Uh, and so I said, well, I'm going anyway. I've been invited. Isaac Days asked me to come to Gambia. I'm going to go over and preach a you know, campaign that week. And I was excited about it. But I learned why he needs somebody with you. I get to Senegal. And, I, and it's like 3 in the morning. I'm by myself. You're tired. You've traveled halfway around the world. I'm trying to find where my next flight, because it's just like a South African airline, and I, and I can't find it. I can't find a counter. It's not like you're walking up, you know, to the Delta counter over there. It's a little more complicated. So I'm walking around, and so I finally found someone that spoke English because they speak French there. And they guided me to this person who had the uniform that I was looking for, had the name of the airline. I said, I need to, I've got a flight at 8 o'clock. She said, oh, no, 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 no flight. I said, oh, has it been delayed or how long? And she said, maybe never. <laughs> maybe never? Oh, yeah, yeah. The airline, it's, it's, it's gone. It's gone. I was like, gone? Gone where? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. So now I'm like, what do I do? And Joe Gower, bless her heart, I'm glad you're here today, Joe. She had given me a number of a man named Arnold Zah. And he was our world radio guy that was in Senegal. So I had this kid follow me around because I figured out a $20 bill goes a long way in Africa. Just letting you know, you know. This was my guy. And I said, can you call this guy and get him on the phone for me? And he did. 
And I said, Brother Arnold, I've never met you. I know you're preaching the gospel on the radio. I'm supportive. I, I wish now I'd come to see you, but I need help. I'm at the airport. They told me this thing going to fly. They're speaking French. I'm in a bind here. Brother, I'll be right there. So he goes out, and I walk outside, and there's a sea of faces. And it looks like, in my mind, you know, everybody's wanting to get me, you know, because I'm an American. And there's one smiling face. And I was like, that's my guy. And so we've been dear friends ever since. But I learned a lesson. You need that other partner when you go. And you know, when he said go two by two, he sent them out there on the, on the limited uh, commission there. He tells them how to go. He says, travel light. You notice in the text, he says, travel light and eat what they eat. He says, Sex, don't worry about rejection. Just preach the gospel and then be my witnesses. And I'll take care of everything else. And and we've learned a few things about that, too, right, Al? Well, it's not, you know, I'm a little bit picky about what I eat. Uh, I, I was raised in not, a, not compared to Jace. No, no, it's Jace's worst. <laughs> but I was raised in a home where potluck was a four-letter word. You know, we just didn't really go there. And so uh, I, I would, first few mission trips I went on, I would just kind of like blend out, not when mealtime came. And, you know, of all the people, Mike Watkins... Bless him. He's already crossed over. Mike Watkins, he lined me out one day. We were going to Mexico on a medical mission trip, and I, he saw me, like, skirting the meals. And he said, Brother, do you not believe in the Word of God? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm here. He said, Jesus said, eat whatever they set before you. These people are bringing you their best, and you're skirting them. And I was like, Watkins. <laughs> had me right and he was right and that that brother turned me around because i realized going forward on every mission trip that these folks i was there to bless them not to worry about me and so from that point forward i ate whatever they put before me and brothers i'm gonna tell you they put some stuff before you in some other countries that's right (laughs) but by god's grace i obeyed this passage because i realized it wasn't about me it was about presenting the gospel. To and my problem was I always, I never had a problem with that. I ate whatever they put before me and a few other things around the country I probably shouldn't have. And so the first time we went to Romania, Mike, he's eating stuff out of carts on the street. And I was like, this man is never going to go home with us. He's going <laughs> to die. You, you got to look and make sure the fire's good, but I mean, I'll be all right. No, I don't know, brother. <laughs> You're better at it than me. But I love what he says at the end of Luke chapter 10. Because this is true. Jesus said in verse 23, He turned to his disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. They were blessed in the going. And they were witnesses. Because think about this. Jesus said, I came here as a witness of the deity." To become one of you so that you'll understand who I am. I'm his witness here. And now as you go out, you're my witness there. And the blessing is in the going. I mean, the first time Mike took me to Romania, I was changed forever. That the world is much bigger than West Monroe, Louisiana. And I understood that then. I understood the passion of Alton and Bill and Leon and all those that had gone before me. Because I realized the world needs what we know. And so it's been a passion in my heart. And I'm blessed by going. Just what Jesus said by what I've seen. 
And we still have people that go uh, uh, on short-term trips here as well as, as I'm looking forward to those young kids being raised up to be missionaries from this church to go out. Uh, we have to win. We have to train. We have to send. And that's what we want to do. Uh, one of our groups that recently went out of the country went to the country of Nicaragua. Uh, our college group went with some others. And so uh, I want you to watch uh, this video because in this video it shows, I think, a combination of everything we do in terms of our ministry, uh, whether it's relief and discipleship and winning the lost and, and partnering with churches, all these things that we see actually in the text uh, we see acted out in the lives of other people. Let's watch the video. Nicaragua is a very special place for those of us at One Kingdom. It's the home turf of our Latin America ambassador, Esteban Baya Garcia, and his family. So even though this trip was primarily for the college ministry, it was essential for me to go and document it. Visiting with people in Lyon felt warm and it felt like family, even though I'd never met most of them. become a very dear friend of mine as he does with virtually anybody who meets him. So it was really great to see his ministry in action in his hometown of Leo. This is my friend Rodrigo and uh, WFR in One Kingdom is present today here in Las Peñitas in Leon uh, because we're working to pour a concrete floor for Rodrigo. Rodrigo, ¿cuántos años tienes? So Rodrigo is 11 years old. ¿En qué grado estás? He's in fourth grade. ¿Cómo te sientes que estén acá los, los hermanos de la iglesia? Bien. He feels, uh, te está, estás contento. He's happy to, to have a, a, a team from WFR here. Concrete floors and houses and homes help exponentially with the bacteria and the overall health of the, um, the family living there, which is something that you don't think about when you're in America. Yeah, Rodrigo, he was fun. Typical kid. You know, he wanted to, you know, he wanted to show us things. So, like, he wanted to show us his uh, Pokemon cards, and, you know, he had a soccer ball or two, and so we played. He was running around and helping. Super energetic. He was a great kid. You know, the good thing about being in a context like this is that our students step outside of their everyday context. And I think as Americans, especially American college students, what a privilege. I have to say that I was the oldest one on the trip. And so I think that there was some behind the scenes planning to protect me from concrete work. 
But in the process of that, there were other things that I got to be involved in. So we would deliver food to some of the families. And, you know, I asked, what does this provide for them? And he says, that will probably be the only food that they have for the week. First, it was, you know, let's just get them moving. Let's do some more activities with them. We just want to have fun with them. Um, and it quickly turned into us being completely wiped out. I got to be a referee and a goalie. I won't say either one of them were very successful, but it was a lot of fun. We had just eaten lunch about 10 minutes earlier. And uh, so I was full of shrimp and uh <laughs> And plantains. I scored a couple goals, so that's all I care about is that I did something to help my team. I, I filmed it. I don't know how to play soccer. Playing soccer, one wouldn't think that it translates to ministry very quickly. But especially in something like missions, and especially when we think about the kingdom of God. Those little moments uh, are always great. Anytime we get to go on a trip anywhere. To be able to connect with children who you can't even speak to um, and for them to see, oh, you're willing to spend time with me. You're willing to be a part of my life. It was really great to go to Iglesia de Cristo and see Lionel preaching in his home church. And he's come and visited us here in Louisiana at WFR. So it was just really great for us to go and visit him at his home church in Leon, Nicaragua. Speaking at Guadalupe Church is such a blessing because they don't even speak the same language. Of course, Spanish and English. Um, but we have that mutual connection of Jesus. It's amazing how the gospel can connect us to all different kinds of people from every corner of the earth. Lionel got up, addressed their church family and those of us that were visiting from the United States. And just, it was so beautiful. What he was saying is that whether you are in Nicaragua or you are here in the United States or you in some other culture, we are all family. We share each other's victories we share each other's sorrows. We lift each other in prayer. And it was just so sweet the way he was addressing his church family and at the same time addressing us so that we would know that whether we are trying to help them in their time of need, we also have to know that they are also lifting us in our times of need. For students, there's only a few opportunities in life that they will have the freedom to spend a week in another country, and the college years are probably that last opportunity. Being able to see the transformation in our students, seeing them go headfirst into situations and be so open was amazing. 
With our theme at One Kingdom this year being Legacy, it was really great to see Esteban and his dad working together. I mean, their family embodies the very idea of Legacy. Every time I've gone on a trip, uh, I kind of learn the same lesson. No matter where we go or how different the culture might be, I always realize how much we're all the same. We're all made in the image of God. So carry it on. That's what we see uh, happening here, but happening since Jesus began his ministry over 2,000 years ago. And it's not just that we go to share the good news. Sometimes we go because people are hurting. Uh, in Luke chapter 9, verses 10 through 17, as well as in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37, uh, we see that Jesus was concerned about people's physical needs. You remember the story where he feeds the 5,000 plus. And by the way, it's plus because they were only counting the men. And we know there are women and kids around. So this is quite the large crowd of people. And you remember the disciples said, uh, Lord, you just, just tell them to go find something to eat. And Jesus said, no, you give them something to eat. And they look around, you know, they got a happy meal. That's what they got there with them, right? Just a little bit of bread, a little bit of fish. And Jesus says, stand back and watch what I can do. And he fed that whole crowd of people. And then in Luke chapter 10, verses 25, we see the story that Dave talked about last week about the Good Samaritan. Once again, disaster had befallen this man. And it was a Samaritan, a foreigner. When the, when the priestly guys and the Levite and all the religious authority walked by and got as far away as possible, this man went over, he bandaged his wounds, he cared for him, and he even took him someplace at his own expense to find him help. And so we see a principle at work here. When things happen around the world and people are suffering, people are dying, people are sick, it's our responsibility as the body of Christ to care for them as he would care for them. And therefore we go. Now, you remember, what was the town in South Louisiana? Remember we New went Iberia. New Iberia when the uh, hurricane had hit down there several years ago. Uh, and uh, we, we were young and Don was, Yelton was training us. And, but we went with Don and a group of people uh, to New Iberia and we were taking truckloads of water and supplies and different things. And uh, you remember what happened on that? So we were on a big trailways bus. And Yelton had a hat on with four stars on it, which I don't know what that even means, but he, <laughs> he felt good about it. And so uh, I, mean, I guess that meant he was in charge. We we're on this big trailways bus, and we roll into town. We we're all ready to get out there and get to work and help these folks because Andrew had come in, done all this damage. And Don starts driving the bus around town like we're just going on a scenic tour of New Iberia being destroyed. Yeah, went through the square. Went and through the, the square, and he makes a big circle, and he's telling the driver, and, and we're all looking at each other like, well, what, are, what are we doing here? I mean, let's get to work. And finally someone asked him, well, Don, what, what are we doing? He said, they need to know we're here, and we're bringing hope. And I learned something that day. 
about relief work. It wasn't just about the water, the food, the moment, but it was about hope. It was that people do care about you. You can recover, and God is going to see you through what you're going. And so that's what happens over a generational blessing of people that you're able to learn from in how to do mission work, how to do relief work. Yeah, and you know, the uh, the, the whole idea then hit me. Uh, about about what we need to ask ourselves as a church every time we're thinking about doing a, an effort or a project or whatever it is, does it help us fulfill the greatest? Does it help? Does it help us keep the greatest command? Love God, love your neighbor, and does it help us fulfill the great commission, getting the gospel to the whole world? Because the whole idea is that we is that we. Complete the Great Commission in the spirit of the greatest command. Uh, that's what we have to keep at the center of everything. It's the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that brings hope. And th- those opportunities come as we connect with people in life and as we meet needs. And uh, whether it's here in our own town, whether it's the folks that you're going to run into tomorrow, or whether it's our mission efforts around the world. So I love the way he closed that section. He said, the one who has mercy loves his neighbor. Go and do likewise. And so that's why we do it. Uh, Mike mentioned the Great Commission. You know, normally we talk about Matthew 28, 18 through 20. That's kind of the famous quoting of it. But I love Luke's version of the same thing. If you want to turn over there to Luke 24 and verse 45. I want to read this to you because there's so many great truths in this last challenge for us in being commissioned by Christ. He says in verse 45, then Jesus opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Cause remember they're struggling here. They're trying to figure out, I mean, he was dead. Now he's back. What are we supposed to do? And they just needed a moment where their minds were open to what God had promised all these years. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer And rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. You, the twelve, eleven now, are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And once again, he didn't just send them out not knowing, but he packed them with everything they needed. And the very things we need today, the first thing they had to have was an open mind to the scriptures or an open heart. The Bible Bible talks about an open heart. We have to have that as a structure. One of the reasons why we focus on the word of God when Mike and I and and Dave and everyone shares from this pulpit with you is because that is the guiding force that makes sure we stay exactly where we need to be we got so many churches all across our country that have lost their way because they've gotten away from what the Scripture teaches. And so because of that, you get all kinds of crazy cultural ideas where you're trying to reform the culture instead of the other way around. The Word of God is the truth. And I pray every single day that my heart and my mind are open to that truth because that's what's going to change and impact our culture and our world. But we have to have an open mind. And not only that, he says in the same text that we have to have open eyes to the whole world. We have to have that vision. I, I love it at the time Jesus came up and he looked and he saw with compassion. 
that compassionate eyes, eyes that see beyond uh, the bad behavior of someone and sees what Jesus sees in that that uh, that they can and uh, be saved. They can have their life changed. I mean, when you look around, if we just uh, the stories that can be told in this room about how lives have just turned upside down. Uh, 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 because of the good news of the gospel and how it's changed their, li- their lives. Because somebody had open eyes and, uh, and willing to, to not only to see the scriptures, but they're willing to see the needs in the hearts of people. And then he said you had to have an open mouth to be a witness. Now, he didn't say you have to, open, have, to have an open mouth to be a preacher, which I'm okay with that because I are one. Yeah, you me know? Too. But that's not what he said. He said, all you have to do is tell about what you've seen me do. We can all do that. We have witnessed the power of God in our own lives. That witness and that story will impact someone else. We talked about the movie, and everybody kind of focuses on mom and dad and what they've done. But think about the people that were witnesses. My Aunt Jan, God bless her. She knew. She said, if we can get my brother to Jesus... He will lead thousands to Christ. And she was right. Why? Because she was a witness of the Almighty. Because she loved him and she knew what he had done in her life. That's what our challenge is to do. And then he said you have to have an open will, he says, to the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he has and does. And that the Holy Spirit empowers us. And the Holy Spirit indwells us. And the Holy Spirit is a guarantee of what we have in the future. Uh, he lives in us. And that same spirit that is involved in raising Jesus out of the ground is going to raise our bodies out of the ground one day too. And so we have to be open to the fact that it's, it's not about my ingenuity. It's not about my planning. It's not about my uh, devising an effort to do something. It's about what the Spirit is doing. So I do much better off instead of trying to plan something is look and find where God's working and join in, you know, jump right in the middle of it. The Holy Spirit is active, and He is doing something. We need to be open to that. So the Great Commission is our mission, and we do it with an open heart, with open eyes, with an open mouth, and with an open will. And we never hold on to our dreams with a closed fist. Keep your palm open in case God decides to do something different by the power of His Holy Spirit. Look, you never know. When, when you when you give, because we're going to have a contribution today in just just a few moments. And by the way, uh, since it's close to the end of the sermon, don't don't misunderstand me. We're not done uh, at the contribution, uh, so uh, you don't get to leave early because you give. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It depends uh, on how much you give. Well, I mean, yeah. we might can make arrangements for that. You could have an express lane. Yeah, uh, maybe so. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, everybody else is making you check yourself out, right? So. Um, well, but uh, we're going to have a contribution in a few moments, and then after that, Al and I will get back up and talk, and we'll have a, a short invitation at that that time, just to kind of let you know how things will go. But no matter how small or how large, what you give makes a difference. I remember when I was in school of preaching, and and and, and got married, Susan. I didn't ha- have anything. Uh, at all, uh, financially, uh, had a few, little bit of help here and there. And all of a sudden at just the right time, and, um, 
I started getting $50 a month that made all the difference in the world. And it came from Peggy West, mom and dad. They started supporting me in school preaching. And uh, it might not seem like a lot of money, but I'm telling you what, it, it seemed like a lot of money to me. Uh, and it got us through some tough times. But more importantly, it wasn't about that. He saw, because he had this vision with a lot of other people. It wasn't like I was the only one. Uh, he had a vision for seeing uh, young men and women being trained and being encouraged to do ministry and to be on the mission field. And so that even that even that just small amount made such a huge difference in my life. And uh, people poured into me to help me be able to do ministry. And I, I'm so grateful. I know I know you had some of those same experiences. It makes a difference what you give makes a huge difference. So everything that we give today uh, goes to one kingdom, to our mission work, to what we're doing around the world. Uh, the elders here budget that in for that. So we want you to be generous today. I still remember every local family that put in $25 a month for me and Lisa for us to get started in ministry. And that's the way these guys you saw on stage feel when we're able to help them. So that's what it's about today. We're going to have a prayer. Then we're going to have a time of contribution uh, and a song. And then Mike and I will get back up and finish this up today. Father, we are grateful. We are blessed to be in your presence. We just want to give you all the praise and glory for 60 years of being able to be a part of this ministry for how many lives that it's changed, how many destinies have been renewed and altered because of the power of your gospel, because of the wisdom and the Holy Spirit that you put in men and women who went before us. And it's always great to look back, but we're looking forward today on what you're going to do in the future. And so I pray a blessing today on our contribution. I pray a blessing on our church. I pray, Father, for those that are here that are representing many parts of the world that have been the blessed on the receiving end of what we do here when we do One Kingdom Sunday. And I pray for blessings in their future as well. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. In his name, the church says, Amen. For all that you've done, I will thank you. For all that you're going to do. For all that you promised and all that you are. Is all that has carried me through. Jesus, I thank you. And I thank you. Thank you. And I Oh, man.
say thank you. Thank you uh, for your generosity, for your heart for the lost, uh, for your love for the ministry. It's a, it's an honor. I, I, I really mean that. Uh, I keep saying now, I, I don't know exactly how I got here. I don't know really why the Lord let me be in this place to serve in this way. Uh, there's a lot more talented folks. There's a lot more uh, folks that have done, done a whole lot more. But I am just honored to be a part of this team uh, at One Kingdom Ministry, as well as our local staff and, and Preaching with Al. That's partnership. It's been a blessing for a long, long time. Uh, uh, by the way, almost 20 years, and that'd be 20 years, I think, this spring, Al, that we've been doing this together. So it's a great blessing, and I just want to tell you thank you. And to all of our live stream folks out there, by the way, your generosity and your heart uh, for the loss and what, what you're doing in your own communities. Thank you for keeping the gospel uh, being shared out there so folks are, can get the good news of Jesus. And the beauty uh, is anytime we're together, it's an opportunity for people to come to Christ. And we offer that every week while we're here at the close of every time we're together. Uh, sometimes there may be a physical need. There may be someone that's sick or hurting or going through something difficult. And we want you to know always we are relief ministry right here in our own church and in our community and for our live stream uh, family as well. So we want to give you that opportunity today. Uh, if you've never obeyed the gospel of Christ, never made him your Lord and Savior, never made that commitment change to him, today is the day Then you can do that. If you have a need at all that we can help you with, why don't you come while we stand and while we sing. Bye.